In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Martin Luther King Jr. Here at The Product Boss, we have decided that we will not be muting our account. We will not be muting our podcast. Silence is not what this movement needs right now, the Black Lives Matter movement but it also doesn't need our voices. Rather, we believe that the honor and privilege of having a platform will allow a place to amplify voices of our Black community. We promise to listen. We promise to share. We promise to donate. We promise to purchase from Black business owners. We promise to engage and participate in uncomfortable conversations to bring about change. We will not sit silent during this time. We will use our small platform to amplify voices, to share businesses, and to continue to support our diverse community but this is still a time of COVID and we promise to show up for our small business owners as they try and keep their businesses afloat for all of you. And many of them are black owned businesses and they also still have businesses to run. We will not abandon any of you now. This is not the time for silence. This is not the time for muting, but rather this is the time to amplify voices. And that is what we are committed to doing. We've always said this and we'll say it again to all of you. You are not alone. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Welcome to a very special series, sharing the stories of female Black-owned product business owners. We really want to thank these women for sharing their voices, their stories, and their businesses with this community. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my co-host, Mina kunlo Sitap. We're asking of our community to support each other. One positive way to take action is to buy from Black-owned businesses today and beyond. And outside of purchasing, make sure to follow engage, and share their businesses. Ready to listen? Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Jacqueline and Mina here from the Product Boss Podcast, and we're excited to be back. And today we're sharing uh, female Black-owned business voices. And we're really honored to have Shanice Thompson of Kai Blends on with us today. And she's also in New Jersey with me. So in a time that it isn't COVID, um, I hope to be able to see you in person. So welcome, Shanice. Hi, how are you? I'm um, so tell us, here. yeah. So tell us about Kai Blends. What is Kai Blends? So Kai Blends is is my baby. Okay, um, my business is basically I sell Jamaican castor oil and uh, skincare products, and I basically focus on natural and vegan products, and, and that's what I do. I I love hair, anything here, anything beauty. Um, so I wanted to basically embody that in my brand. And I also wanted to basically promote wellness at the same time. So that's the reason why I went that route in terms of to differentiate myself in terms of going the natural way and also to ride the wave of clean beauty. So that's the reason why. Yes. And you're from Jamaica, right? Yes. 
Yes, and I'm Jamaican born, yes. And so that's part of the Jamaican oil as well. Yes. Yeah. So not only you're a product boss, but tell us about your full-time job. What? Tell us a little oh, bit more about you. Exactly. So I work with the U.S. Department of Labor. I'm a federal investigator. Um, so basically, I do a lot of um, compliance investigations, enforcing and um, the Fair Labor Standards Act and other acts such as SCA, DBA, uh, Section 14C, and, and all those things. Um, I might be that investigator who's going to come in and ensure that you're paying minimum wage overtime, keeping records, and there's no child labor. <laughs> so that's me um but I have a love for everything business that has always been my passion and I feel like it has helped me in the way how I conduct my investigations to help companies and also to help companies be in compliance so that I could basically um ensure that everybody they work they get fair pay right yeah it is um only a few states really have for manufacturing licenses since i'm from fashion we had a manufacturing license and like all the investigations and there's not a lot into that but um but that it's amazing that you do that so all right so your product now we were talking to you a little bit about because you like you said you're an immigrant from jamaica and things are a bit different. So right now there's a topic and like we were talking about, you're in New Jersey. We're just out of outside of New York city. It's been a hot spot for so many things, especially in the last few months. And right now we're dealing with black lives matter and protests and the looting and also in the time of COVID-19 and how New Jersey and New York have been affected. Mm-hmm. So when we were asking you or talking to you, you have a very interesting take on what's happening and even your identity in this right. As a black woman, but then from, from Jamaica, you even have like a different perspective. And we thought it was such an interesting perspective that I'd love for us all to just listen to you speak about it. Okay. So as she said, I'm from Jamaica. So one of the things that is different in Jamaica than here is we struggle with class, right? So it's for us, it's not racism. We have a class struggle in Jamaica. So in doing business here, I take on, I used to take on a different approach to how I do business, right? So for me, my perspective was always that I'm, I'm, I'm not rich, so I'm a poor person than the others. So therefore, I want to create products that going to meet the demands of or meet the needs of a person within a certain, certain, in a certain sector. So that's always been my approach. Right. But as I learn and I've, I've lived there for over the past 10 years, being, I've been in the military. So all those experiences have led me to not understand as an entrepreneur that the issues that I might face is not about class, it's about race. Right. Mm-hmm. So that starts to like filtering in how I start to how I start to think about how I want to put um, position my present my 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 products are are basically um position my brand and that takes a lot of thought in terms of my pricing strategy you know in in things like that you know i'll go now i'll go about um even my color scheme on even your instagram account those things are some of the things that trigger um racism for us in terms of when we do, in, in, in terms of trying to understand how we apply ourselves and how we differentiate our brand, or is it even right for us to even think about these things? You know, um, we and I know for me, I personally struggle with sometimes I I I, I pick myself apart 
or, or even pick every sit down and I pick my brand apart. I pick my Instagram page apart that it, it, it looks too black, you know, or um, if I'm like for me, I'm selling vegan skincare line. Um, how many black people are really vegan? You know, how many black people have the money to even purchase stuff with certain price point because it's natural or it's vegan. And, and I had to like take a step back and say, you know, I invested in my products, in my brand. And when I set out to do, um, to do business, I had, I knew how I wanted to position myself. Right. So when I do my skincare line, it's luxury. So therefore it should have a luxury price point because that's the investment that I put into it. Right. So I shouldn't let the color of my skin or someone who's going to perceive because I'm a black woman trying to sell certain type of products or try to promote a vegan product to say it's luxury, then I should turn around and not price my product at a particular price. And I should be more competitive, you know, and let me go, let me meet people in the middle you know and some from time to time you you question yourself if other brands um actually did this um you know try to take all these things into consideration and i i came up with a solution it is a non-factor <laughs> you know it is a non-factor and i started to think like that you know if i like pink <laughs> i'm gonna use pink if i want to use a lot of tropical colors it's because of because I just like those colors because it reminds me of my culture, you know, colorful people in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So those I don't like pastel colors for my for my business, but I like it for my my baby's nursery, you know. So mm -hmm. I could I, I have the right to take on those 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 things and apply to my life and my business, you know. And I feel like that's one of the things. But one of the biggest issues that I believe that we face as especially black women in our community is just starting our business right um and that to me is a bigger question because one of the main things that we probably struggle with as black women is basically finding financial capital right finding money to just start up that business and you probably wonder why did i bring up this because these are the things that basically um kind of is in the back of many females who are black, right? In the back of their minds, like, I don't have the money. I'm already taking care of two kids because my husband who is educated still is not making as much as his peers. I, as a black woman, even though I'm educated, I'm still not making as much as my counterpart, regardless of their, their, their sex or their race. Just because I'm a woman, I'm already getting underpaid right and mm -hmm. and then i'm black underpaid too that do happen so even when we have all these desire and all these ambitions to do to do greatness for ourselves and our family and to contribute to society we have these things that set us back and why does and when you ask like how does that filter into it it filter into it because this is not something that just happened now it's historical right um, the home environment that I was probably brought up in or a person was probably brought up in wasn't sufficient to send them to the right schools or uh, uh, right schools. Most of their grandparents didn't, would, didn't have access to, to certain things. So they grow up, they, they basically grew up struggling, right? And as they grow up struggling, even though they probably advanced themselves out of poverty, they're still stuck in this middle class um middle class section that sector that still is 
uh, a road that, that still provides a roadblock for them because their family structure it still struggles while the other probably don't as much. Uh-huh. And I understand that everybody has struggles, but it's just that constant, that historical progression of always struggling, right? And that basically filter into Black women starting businesses. You know, they just don't have the, the capital to do it. And if when we do ready to start our business and we do, we do take that leap, it's always to find the easiest way to start a business, the easiest way. You know, we don't put much strategy. We don't put much business plan in it. We become opportunists at what we do. Like whatever could make us um, this amount of money. Even when we plan and we say we want $2,000 a month, we're going to find the easiest route to go by. You know, and that's all. And all those things filtering because we don't have the money, the capital, nor the support to mm-hmm. even push that brand, you know? So those are some of the things that I believe that black entrepreneurs struggle with from time to time. And it's not anything that has to do with present. It's just, we're, we're born into like an upper state. Yeah, you don't get presented the same opportunities that other people do that are a privilege. Yeah. Um, so what made you start a business? If you could share that story with us. Okay, so... I, I believe I've always been <laughs> uh, a business enthusiast, right? So I grew up in Jamaica. I've done business since I was 13 years old, like literally studying business, all the courses and everything. Um, I did, I completed my education in LIU Brooklyn. I have an MBA in my book, also did undergrad there. And, and, and I'm gonna just try to drive it home to you. I've done my MBA and my, bachelor's in business and I've never had to take an accounting course accounting course because I already from high school I've already accomplished the highest one of the highest state of accounting that it was required here at college level that I didn't need so it has always been a passion for me to do business right but I just wanted the opportunity the right opportunity to, to, to present itself and I didn't want to do like just to just jump on a wave Right. But then that's what I ended up doing and why I did that. I didn't have the capital. And one of the easiest ways for most black women in 2017 was to jump on selling here because we could do job shipping. We didn't need money much. We just needed to build a relationship with with a supplier. Right. So that's what that's how I started oh, in 2017. I started selling here. I started selling here accessories because it was the easiest way for me to start a business with less capital. And it was also something I was passionate about as well. So it was, it was, it just worked. So that's, that's why I started. And then I, I, in October of last year, um, I had a baby, my baby had ear loss um, from Creator Crop and I had ear loss too. And I basically went back to my roots and I, I asked my, my best friend's mom, can you make me a bottle of castor oil? And she did. And it worked. And I started to question myself, why didn't I not just go in the store and try to get a bottle of sheer moisture or Jamaican lime? You know, and I started thinking about the benefits and the purity of and the potency of the one that I got from Jamaica. And I decided that oh, I could probably sell this. You know, I could brand it and I could sell it. And I basically just started plan. I just started to just plan, plan. And I 
I do everything myself. I do all my graphics society, web development. I do all that myself. So it was easy to start because I have those skills. But maybe somebody else don't have, they got to go Fiverr or wherever else to, to get certain things started. But I was able to just do everything myself. And that's, that's how I started. And I basically decided that this time around, even though the opportunity presents itself, I'm not just going to start with a castor oil. That's the start, but I, I basically plan to have other, add other ear care products, other skincare products. And I said, I'm going to keep it like this, natural and vegan. That's what I'm doing. And, and that's what I'm just continuing to grow as I go along. You're, you're pretty amazing because when you say you, the easy things, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you immigrated to another country when you were young, mm -hmm. 28 about, right? Um, mm -hmm. You joined the military. Yeah. You were a federal investigator. <laughs> you have all sorts of degrees. You were like licensed as an accountant back in high school, basically. Yeah. So you're definitely like, I mean, obviously an, an incredible woman, but a woman that actually took a lot of risks and yeah. things, and you really put yourself in situations that were very uncomfortable. I f I'm sure like a woman in the military and yeah. then being a black woman in the military and was it the U S military. Yes. US Army. And then being a Jamaican woman in <laughs> yes. the U.S. military. What, what a thick accent who didn't speak much. And I know if, if there's anybody who ever sees this video, they're going to be like, she could talk. Because, <laughs> or if they see my, my smile, my personality, they're going to like, we know she always smart because she rebuilt the, the 3K engine by herself, but that girl don't talk. <laughs> so you were, so you felt like you were, you didn't have a voice when you were. Uh, yes. And I, once I got out of the military, I basically um, propelled myself from there. Like I was homeless right after I came out and I was like homeless for two months. Thank you, Easter Seals. And they helped me to like get my feet back on the ground. And from there, I just, I just, I just knew that education, me finishing school the way I wanted to was going to be the way out. Cause that's like my greatest, um, that's the, I think that's the only thing I do. I could do in my sleep and it's easy. Most people will say, oh, school is hard. That's easy for me. You know, so what I did was I just applied myself and I worked full time at the VA in DC, Brooklyn. And I went to school full time while doing that too. And I have, do have a family. I had I have two stepkids, they're um, 10 and 15 and a husband. And I just had my first child. So it was balancing all that. And trying to stay focused on my goals. And I always say, I have to finish everything by the time I reach 30, including starting a business and including having a baby. So it was all part of the Checked plan. Checked off. It's all done. <laughs> it's all done. I'm by a house. And I did that too. And it's all done. So we need to get you other goals now for the next 10 years. <laughs> yes. So we're... My uh, question, because Mina talks a lot about how she was taught to be silent growing up and mm -hmm. how she found her voice as an adult. So were you taught to be silent growing up or was it when you kind of entered the military that you decided to be more silent? Um, I feel like my personality was always, I wouldn't say I was taught to be silent. Um, in I was taught to know my place, mm -hmm. put it that way. Um, <laughs> talk when you're talked to um, yep. that's it um but when I got in when I went into the military it was I think it was more of a culture shock mm. right because I came here and I went into, into the military because I didn't want to I didn't want to work in Burger King I wouldn't want to be the typical immigrant who has to do certain type of jobs so I wanted to do something more valuable because I was already in university before coming here so I wanted to do do a career 
or go to school and I, I chose to do to go into a career and I, I feel like it was more of a culture shock that basically silenced me and other experiences I, I can't talk about on here that basically silenced me and uh, it silenced it, it, it I and I and I think it was more because I was a female as well so those two things um play a lot into it and towards the ending of my military career um now I understand why I was treated in a certain way and mm-hmm. and stuff I know now it was a race issue right so that's why I was telling you earlier like at first when people treat me bad I would never perceive it as as being a race issue you know but now I understand like when you tell somebody like America give you somewhere to live you know why and give you food to eat you should be grateful because look at your color you know like if a doctor tells you that he's not treating you because you're poor he's talking to you like that because you're your skin color he just told you Shanice you know so these are some of the things I believe like deep in oh I became numb for a very long time yeah, I think there's a lot of things for you, especially you're an immigrant, yeah. you're black, you're um, a woman. So you probably got everything that America has in prejudice yes. and bias and racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you, you s- still serve America. Yeah, and you still serve America. It's it's astounding. Um, and you you had a lot more struggles than than a lot of us for sure. Um, and it's great to hear that you still started a business. You still are, you know, creating opportunities for yourself and for your family. And um, um, I just appreciate you sharing that story. No problem. Thank um, you. Thanks for having me. I do have something to say though about all this. <laughs> so we, we, pre getting on live with us, you were saying that you haven't really fully talked about this. And I know, and you and I, you said the first live you ever did on Instagram was with me, mm-hmm. um, because video isn't, you know, this is, this is a lot, I think for you, right. To be, I'm like trembling at one point. <laughs> <laughs> oh so I first want to say thank you because mm-hmm. it is uncomfortable. I know. And it's brave of you and you've done so many brave things in your life that this is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It yeah. <laughs> but I guess what I want to say, and, and, you know, we wanted to have you on, you're one of our students, you're part of our community. Um, how is this like for you now feeling, because coming up of being like, speak when you're spoken to and kind of the cultural aspect of it. And then, and then obviously being here and kind of not necessarily want to be the voice. And now all of a sudden you're here and you, you do have, a, you have a very beautiful and strong voice and the things that you're sharing are, are amazing. So how does it feel for you, I guess, to start saying it out loud? Because I think you said you haven't really said some of this before. Um, I, 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 I sometimes would want to. So one of the things that I, I, I do a lot, uh, I read comments on social media a lot and I will go in the comments and I will voice my opinions in comments. And I always try to take on, because of my job as well, and a part of my belief that people can have their own beliefs too. I always, I'm always, I think I have this great skill of countering somebody's opinion without offending them. And I think many people don't have that skill, right? And uh, 
I've been voicing my opinion in terms of dissecting even just the English language or reading comprehension. You know, um, whenever somebody writes something about Black Lives Matter and then there is a counter to it, right? I always go, even if even though it's not a research paper, I always go to that comment and try to identify what is the main idea of that comment, right? And, and try to see if the person who was, was against it actually read it properly. And then I will go in and highlight, this is what the context of it is about and to make it clear. And at the same time, not, pra not always praise the person's comment, but just try to drive home that it's wrong. <laughs> and if it's wrong, it's wrong. Um, we're not talking about anything else. We're talking about this right now. Just mm -hmm. the little part. That's the main idea. So I've been I've been doing that a lot. And that's the way how I've been voicing by writing. I haven't been voicing by making videos because I'm fear of going viral. Because I know I probably say something that probably could be related to a lot of persons. And even 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 the other would also probably turn head and say, let me, she's actually saying something even though I disagree with her you know and I know I have the capability of doing that but I just stay in my shell as I said like it's just not something that I feel I feel like I can do I would love to do it but I probably need some more motivation to to go on certain platforms to continue to do this and I think you are highlighting for all of us how we are helping in different ways Mm -hmm. and in our own way and we all have different stories you know even these black voices that we're amplifying it's amazing to hear all the different backgrounds and the different stories and the different you know what brought you to this place with us right now mm -hmm. right and the opinions and the ideas and how you're contributing and in, in, in creating your own impact. So I love that you're doing that and taking action and doing it in your own way and what feels comfortable to you and um, yeah. and appreciate you being here with us as well. Okay. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to share and probably be able to relate with other people and to just be an inspiration as well during this time. And um, just to open on the conversation on some of the issues that we black women face in business and, um, and it's not to tear the other race down, it's just to highlight that these are stuff that we basically struggle with every day and you might struggle with it, but for us, it, it, it takes a toll on probably oh, where we want to be, where that we know we probably would never be at certain some level because right. of our race. And I just want people to just understand that. Um, I think, I mean, you're so insightful in so many different ways in this. So I actually really appreciate you taking the time to be with us because it is a different, you have a very different, um, uh, insight into this as well, you know, just from being from Jamaica, for example. I mean, so, so I love this. None, none of us are saying come out of your shell as like, um, I mean, you will choose what you do with your life and, and activism and you'll do it in your own way. And I think even just what you have done in your life. Yeah of being in the military and raising your children and, and starting your own business in itself. But what I want to pull out of your shell is you showing up on video for your business. So that's what we will, um, you know, growing your brand and your business, because like you said, like you, you have this ability and you have this gift and you're a very intelligent woman, genius, I would say, 
I mean, <laughs> agreed. I mean, uh, numbers look like your thing. So I think I, I'm really excited to see as you've started this, like how you grow, because now we've got your goal for the next 10 years. What, what like, let's set some new big goals, you know? Okay. Thank you very much. So let our um, audience know how they can connect with you, share you and buy from you. Oh, okay. So um, you could follow me on Instagram at ikiblends.com, which is K-A-I-B-L-E-N-D-S. Also on my website, my website is also kiblends.com. And you could also follow me on my personal page. I I like to share everything I know about business sometimes in my posts, in my own little scrappy way. And that's your term, but I steal it. Um, my own scrappy way. And that's one of the ways I've been sharing more with my followers and they tend to appreciate it. Um, so you could also do that. And um, I am at the Shanice, which is my first name. So it's basically T-H-E-S-H-A-N-E-E-C-E. And that's it. And you could we'll ask that- me anything. I'm, I'm very open and conversational. We'll put that all in the notes. Um, yeah. I actually want to like jump into your brain and com- converse about, you know, business and labor and law and all your federal <laughs> investigation side of the things, but we'll do that off there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody. And thank you so much, Denise. Okay. Before you go, we want to continue to amplify Black voices and share your business with more people. If you're a Black-owned business and you, or you want to share one, head over to Instagram at The Product Boss, where we have an extensive list. It's also linked in our show notes. And this is also a great place to support and purchase from Black-owned businesses, not only today, but always.